We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Joining me right now is Chris Peterman of the Sacramento Bee, and we are going to talk about our good friends at Lamb Chops, sglambchops.com. Use that promo code CANDLESTICK20, get 20% off. Follow them online, uh, on Instagram at sglambchops. They're a Minnesota-based fashion brand, our favorite fashion brand. And Chris, they just dropped some new stuff on IG. It looks pretty dope. It looks very comfortable. Um, we know it's high quality. We know it's fashionable. It's just a really fun, fun clothing brand. And uh, I'm actually wearing some right now. And again, I can't I can't harp on the comfort enough. I, like we live I, in a world, at least for me, <laughs> where I need to I just need to be comfortable. I don't think you do. You're I think a big I've, comfy guy. I think I've worn a belt a total of three times since since the pandemic started. And I think it's two of the weddings. I, yeah, I think two of them were for weddings. So um big on anything comfortable anything with a drawstring and uh and when it happens to be fashionable like lamb chop stuff uh i i'm all for it so uh, you love an elastic waistband it, <laughs> unquestionably i was, <laughs> I, was I, I just always thought that at some point i'm going to reach the where like i'm gonna in my early 30s i'm gonna reach that point where i just have to start dressing like a dad like I'm gonna have to wear khaki shorts and a polo shirt, like tucked in. But now oh, I feel terrible. like no, I know. <laughs> but with lamb chops, I feel like I'm I'm upgrading my clothing without having to look like drab and bleh, without looking like a dad. And that is uh, that's a W for me. Not that looking like a dad is bad. If you look like one, <laughs> that's just not uh, not what I'm going for yet. I'm not quite there yet. And uh, lamb chops helps me out. So candlestick twenty. Get 20% off sglambchops.com. Follow on Instagram at sglambchops and join the herd. Be like me and Chris. Make lamb chops your favorite fashion brand today. All right. We only have a couple of these position previews left. It's time to dive into the second level. We just did the defensive line. Now we're going to jump into the second level. We're going to talk about the 49ers linebackers. Let's do this. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. Kittle in Denver territory. Kittle is going to go. Touchdown. Close has got him, and a sack him back inside. 
the linebacker position just in general is so fascinating to me because it is changing so much like the style of player that you want at that position looks more like a strong safety from 15 years ago than a than a linebacker from 15 years ago and when it comes to players like finding the next player x like we always talk about teams trying to find the next Debo. it feels like fred warner and dre greenlaw are both players that teams look at and go that's the modern prototype linebacker that we're looking for and depending on a go look at a linebacker ranking list you're going to find fred warner number one and then you're going to find Dre Greenlaw somewhere in the top five or ten. And that's where I want to start this discussion because, to me, we spent so much time talking about the defensive line yesterday and how important that group is, and it is. But the way the 49ers control the second level and specifically the middle of the field and take away those easy throws that so many modern offenses kind of thrive on to me, Dre Greenlaw and Fred Warner are the two biggest pieces to what the 49ers are able to do defensively with their defensive line, with their secondary. And it's so it's hard to talk about them because they're just freaking good as hell at football. PFF has the Niners linebacking core as the best unit or the best linebacking core in the NFL. I don't think it's close. Right. I don't think it is either going through the list, say the bears at number two, and they have two guys who they basically just signed in free agency and TJ Edwards and Roquan or um, they let go of Tremaine Roquan Edmonds. Smith. Yeah. Tremaine Edmonds. Um, so that's, you know, like the fact that the 49ers have arguably, I mean, their, their defensive line, I think is inarguably one of the best two or three in the league, right? Their linebacking core is far and away the best in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, so and given how important the middle of the field is in mm-hmm. today's NFL, winning there is absolutely paramount to everything. And it, and the same goes yeah. for the 49ers offensively. Like, what is Brock Purdy so good at? It's being middle good of the in the middle of in the middle of the field. Mm-hmm. That's Kyle Shanahan's like a a huge part of Kyle Shanahan's offense is being successful in the middle of the field. And on the other side, the 49ers are really good in the middle of the field defensively, too. And that's really a credit to their linebackers and Fred Warner. And and what's interesting about it is it's not like Fred Warner was a middle linebacker at Alabama and an All-American for two years and a top 10 pick. Like, they tried to do that with Reuben Foster, obviously. But, like, Fred Warner was sort of this hybrid linebacker slot corner at BYU, who ended up being a third-round pick, and Dre Greenlaw was a fifth-round pick. Mm-hmm. Arkansas. And so it's just really interesting, like you said, you know, we've and we've talked about this before, but the 49ers have, the, the way they've drafted and developed some of these players, they've sort of been the archetype of, like, when it's draft time, like, oh, how do we find the next player X? Mm-hmm. And, like, you, you could say, how do we find the next George Kittle? How do we find the next Debo Samuel? How do we find the next um, the next Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw? And that's, you know, it's that it's that 220 pound former 
safety or to whoever can play, you know, coverage, who, whoever can cover linebackers will also be physical enough to play the run. Um, and I used to think with linebackers too, I, I sort of looked at them in a similar vein as running backs, like running backs is, it's a very instinctual position, right? Like you mm-hmm. have the ball, you you run to a gap or run to an area, you make guys miss. Like that's why we see so many rookie running backs come into the league because it's just so instinctual. It's right. less about learning the speed of the game, like running back versus like cornerback, for example, like cornerbacks really difficult because you got to learn a bunch of different coverages. You got to learn routes. You got to study splits. You have to right. be able to cover a bunch of different types of players. You got to be able to play zone. You got to be able to play man running backs, like get the ball and run. And I used to think linebacker was like, all right, read the guards, figure out what the play is, diagnose, and then go make a play, right? Like that's sort of what linebacker felt like, like 10, 15 years ago. It was like instinctual akin to what running back, like the defensive version of running back. Mm -hmm. Now, because the game has evolved and it's such a pass happy league and linebackers have to be so much more athletic, I think linebacker might be one of the toughest positions in the NFL to play because of what offenses are throwing at you because of how much pre and post snap diagnosing you have to do. Like as Kyle Shanahan's offensive coaching tree grows throughout the league, it becomes way more difficult to play linebacker in the NFL, just with, with all the pre snap motion and all of that stuff that linebackers have to deal with. Yeah. What makes Fred Warner so valuable? What it like we, Five years ago, paying a linebacker $19, $20 million a year sounds sound sounded crazy. Right. But I think in today's NFL, paying the center of your defense, the guy who's getting everybody lined up, the guy who can cover sideline to sideline in the running game and also be able to cover tight ends in the middle of the field and cover mm-hmm. running backs. Like Fred Warner is a super valuable player. And I know at the time it was like, man, they're paying the linebacker a lot of money. But it's like, right. man, you look at what he does for the defense and what he's going against in terms of like what offenses are throwing at him, Andre Greenlaw. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's worth that $20 million a year, in my opinion. And like, and the thing, the thing is, and this still like boggles my mind that the 49ers were able to get Dre Greenlaw, who's like, you said Doug Farrar had him, what, as the fifth-best linebacker? Fifth. Like, yeah. PFF has him at number eight, and yet the 49ers just signed him to a two-year $18 million extension last year. Or, sorry, $16 million. He's making $8.2 million on average, which is, like, what, 10th in the He would the get, NFL? if he hit the open market after last season, he would have gotten, like, top five linebacker money. And yeah, the 49ers he- got him for $8 million. His average per year is 11th in the league Jeez. at linebackers. And he's like a top five guy and it's only a two year deal. It's not like mm-hmm. they gave him, you know, CJ Mosley's 43 million guarantee. Right. Right. <laughs> right. So the fact that they were able to get Greenlaw for $8.2 million a year and he's very comfortably a top 10 linebacker is wild because to your point, had he gone to free agency, it would have been like a Mike McGlinchey situation where like all mm-hmm. of a sudden Dre Greenlaw is making 16, 17 right. million dollars a year. And you're like, yeah, that, that probably tracks. But like for whatever reason, he, he decided to sign in the middle of last year for two years and 16.4, which is probably what he could have made per year. Yeah, Dre Greenlaw staying healthy last year and 
taking a leap as a player was was pretty significant in the 49ers having the number one defense in the league. There's two plays that stick out for me with Fred Warner. And one of them is 2019. So his second year, that game in Baltimore. And it was the first time that everybody, every, anybody who followed the 49ers and watched 49ers knew that Fred Warner was really good. That was apparent from his first season in, in the league. But there was a play where he forced an incompletion against Marquise Brown, where he had to carry Marquise Brown on this drag route and just ran with him for long enough that Jackson had to try, Lamar Jackson had to try and kind of force the throw around Warner and went incomplete. But the watching a linebacker read that route and then run with Hollywood Brown, whose thing is speed was unbelievable. And then the play last year against Dallas, the one everybody freaked out about, uh, third and five, middle middle late third quarter Warner's up at the line of scrimmage and then hauls ass backwards to break up a pass intended for CD lamb in the middle of the field at that time the game was tied at nine and that would have gotten the Cowboys into into the red zone it was a huge play and it was it was on a on a national stage but at that spot of the game it was just such a perfect encapsulation for me of what Fred Warner does for this defense that's probably like a money play for the Cowboys where they're going, Hey, we're going to get this linebacker to suck up. And then CD lamb, it's going to be wide open over the middle. And then there's 54 just there. And there's not there. I think Fred Warner more than maybe any other player on the 49ers does things that only he can do. If that makes sense. Like he does one of one type of things more than I think any other player on the team. Player on the team? Yeah, I'm Ooh. going there. Okay. Um, that's an interesting thought. I I think he's he's probably the most uniquely talented linebacker, like inside linebacker in the NFL. But I would say in terms of like being a one of one. I mean, I don't know, man. You got Trent Williams and Debo Samuel and Nick Bosa on the team. Like, so yeah, I, I don't I went there, man. I don't completely disagree with what you're saying, but in terms of being a one on like the Niners do have a lot of those types of dudes. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a coverage league, right? Like defensively, yeah. like you have to be elite at coverage. But I think one thing that Fred Warner also has is like Richard Sherman type recall. Right. Like what made Richard Sherman, what was a huge part of Richard Sherman's success was that he could look at alignment and down and distance and formation and all of those things and be like, oh, I know what I know what plays coming based solely on like film study and tendency study like that, like Richard Sherman could make up for not having elite speed by being able to anticipate because he just knows his opponent so well. They ran and, the route for the receiver. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. And Fred Warner's very much the same way, but what makes it different, obviously, is he's the one in the middle of the defense getting everybody lined up before each play, which is also another, re and this is a complete aside, but like, oh, Trey Lance really struggled against the Niners defense. It's like, yeah, Fred Warner's on the other side telling his telling his teammates exactly what play is going to be run right because Fred Warner's <laughs> seen thousands of Kyle Shanahan plays and practices against it every summer 
Like right. <laughs> it's right. it's hard to practice <laughs> against Fred Warner if you're a young quarterback. Right. Anyway, because we see what he does against very experienced, good quarterbacks and NFL mm-hmm. offenses. That's mm-hmm. an aside. But no, like his mental preparation is what makes him super unique. And just like uh, I, I think, you know, I, like I said, at the time when he signed that $95 million contract and you're like, man, that's a lot of money for a linebacker. I don't know if linebackers hold up because, you know, so often we see that linebackers aren't worth paying that type of money. And you like, you watch him play enough for this 49ers defense and you see him acting as essentially an extension of the coaching staff on the field on top Mm -hmm. of all the plays he makes. It's like, yeah, he's probably worth it. He's probably worth it because I don't know, like, and another thing, Fred Warner's like always available. Like he's never hurt, really. Right. Like he never misses time. Like there would mm-hmm. probably be a pretty substantial drop off if Fred Warner were to ever miss time because he is the guy with the green dot and he's more or less mm-hmm. calling out plays before they happen and getting yeah. everybody lined up and all that stuff. So he's just an immensely, immensely valuable linebacker and might be like, like I said, we the 49ers have so many elite players. Like mm-hmm. of their elite group, is Fred Warner the most underrated? Is he the elitist? <laughs> is he most the, elite? The most is underrated. Fred Warner an elitist? <laughs> no, uh yeah, ooh. Yeah, probably. Pro- I mean, none of like, he's he's considered the best linebacker in the league, so he's not underrated. But like in terms of star power, when you think of like the marquee 49ers, you're like Nick Bosa, George Kittle, Debo Samuel. Right. Trent Williams, Christian McCaffrey, Christian McCaffrey, right? Like Fred Warner's also always the one that's like, oh, it's Fred Warner, like yeah, that guy. Fred Warner would be the best player on like what twenty teams in the NFL, or like the most famous player on like twenty teams in the NFL, and he's like fifth or sixth on the Niners. Right. <laughs> I was trying to think how many how many defenses would he be the best player on. 25 i'm checking right now (laughs) bills yes dolphins yes patriots yes dolphins they got jalen ramsey jalen ramsey's washed okay i said it say it with your chest i did washed jalen ramsey's washed (laughs) (laughs) no i i I mean i just yeah 20 25 teams he's probably the best and he's an afterthought <laughs> with the Niners. Yeah. But, Just in terms of like the marquee, like, yeah. Right. Like, who are they showing on the Monday night football graphic? It's like Nick Bosa or George Kittle or Debo. It's not Fred. Along this related, but not really. I don't think there's a cooler looking player on the 49ers than Fred Warner. Yeah. <laughs> The the he move looks, he is the coolest looking player. The move to fifty four from forty eight was absolute was game changer. About a, as an elite a number change as you can have. And then uh, he's got he's got his hair that bangs out the back of his helmet, and he's got the one sleeve, and he just looks like a dude. I'm so he just he looks so cool. I'm more partial to the white cleats than the black cleats. He's a big sure. black cleat guy. Sure. Um. I just think unless your uniform, like I get it, it's kind of like an old classic look, like with the black cleats, it's fine. I'm not anti, but like this is where we're at with the Niners linebackers. With the, the this is what we're discussing <laughs> with the Niners uniforms. I just think the white cleats looks a lot cleaner. 
Do you think if that we're that's talking about Fred, Fred Warner. Warner's name value? Then we're just talking about like aesthetics, you know, like I don't sure. know. But like that's that's where I was taking this. That's yeah, yeah, sure. Anyways. So you think Fred Warner? Okay. Like I if you're, know, I think if you were to create a player in Madden, you would, would probably... look exactly like Fred Warner. Right. You would probably most have it look like Fred Warner. What about Nick Bosa? Is he second? Oh, yeah, but he would be. It would be like a combination, <laughs> a combination of Nick Bosa and Cassius Marsh. <laughs> It'd be like tatted out Nick Bosa. Okay, that's fair. He does. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to dive further into this. Let's take a quick break and then talk about the what's going on behind or next to Fred Warner and Ray Greenlaw. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's your friends Kyle and Chris here with SG Lamb Chops, our homies, and our favorite fashion brand. Check them out at sglambchops.com. Go to Instagram and follow them at sglambchops. What's that? That's a Minnesota-based fashion brand. They were founded in 2012, and they emphasize attention to detail and premium quality, and that's reflected in the Lamb Chops brand cleaver logo. It's so sick. It's such a sick logo. It's just a really clean, just a cleaver, and it's a custom cut and fit for every single piece. Chris, you and I both have a closet full of this stuff. And I've yet to have something from them that I don't like. I think the emphasis is definitely on quality and comfort. And we talked about it before, but we live in an era where comfort is really at the forefront when it comes to clothing. And with all these athleisure brands, very few of them are fashionable. But Lamb Chops takes all that comfort and that quality that you need. And they happen to make very fashionable items. Also, you can get just very comfortable mesh shorts with pockets. We all love those, but they can look a little bit boring sometimes. You can get some leopard print. You can get some inverted leopard print. So the inverted leopard print looks kind of cool. It looks almost like a dark camo. Or you can get That's regular it. leopard print if you want to stand out a little bit. Um, you and I have both rocked the various animal prints. I don't, they're not even animal prints, but they're just, you can get shorts with orcas and wolves and lions, mm. favorite animals. Um, you can get basic sweatshorts. Um, everything's just super comfortable, super premium, and super stylish. And I think that's that's just a great combo for for any clothing brand. But Lamb Chops really stands out among the rest for that, and uh, that's one of the reasons why we love working with them. 
Lamb Chops is leading the herd with original and high-quality clothing. They offer one-of-a-kind clothing options from unique statement pieces to your everyday essentials. So join the group that's leading the herd, SG Lamb Chops. That's sglambchops.com. And on Instagram, at sglambchops. Follow them right now. Is it fair to call... I've struggled with this at, at Niners Wire, trying to write about it. Because I write about the quote-unquote battle for the Sam linebacker spot, that third linebacker spot in the quote-unquote base 4-3 defense. And in a traditional sense, like, yes, that's how it goes. But the base defense, quote-unquote, is, like, different from week to week now, depending on game plan and personnel and all that jazz. And a nickel defense is on the field more often than just a base four, three with three linebackers. It's basically like around 70% teams are yeah. in, are in subversion of sub package, which is generally two linebackers on the field and five DBs. Right. So like the third linebacker matters. So for example, last year, Aziz Alshire played 42% of the Niners defensive snaps as the third linebacker. Does it, <laughs> how much does it matter? Do you think who wins that battle? Because when I look at it, it's Oren Burks, Demetrius Flanagan fouls, Marcelino McCrary ball, Curtis Robinson, and then the draft picks D winters and Jalen Graham, six and seventh round picks respectively. Any one of them could be the third linebacker. I, ge- I genuinely have, have no feel for who it's going to be or how much it really matters. And so that's why I'm having a hard time with this because it's very much an open spot on the roster for a player who's going to play defensive snaps for the Niners. But also, I, I don't, I don't, they're not going to win or lose the Super Bowl based on who wins that job. The interesting thing about the third linebacker spot in my mind is like, it's not really like, do you remember that game against the Dolphins? I think it was 2020 when the Niners were down to like some practice squad cornerback. I'm forgetting his name. Greg Kirkpatrick. No, no, no. It was 2020. And they, Oh, the Dolphins, the Dolphins just relentlessly picked on this corner. It's and the a super Niners, generic name. Yeah. And the Niners just had no chance um, because it like injuries and the guy was like just off the practice squad or whatever. The point Ken is Webster should have started that game and everybody knows it. <laughs> the The point the point is, is that like you can pick on a cornerback, right? Like you can find a cornerback and just pick on him. Brian str- Allen. Brian Allen. There you go. He Thank wore you. Number 48. Yes. He just you'd pick on him just based on the number alone for a quarter. Totally. Sorry, <laughs> continue. But you can't really do that with a Sam linebacker or like with a third linebacker because a defense can adjust in so many different ways, right? Like, oh, if that linebacker can't defend the run, then maybe you take him out and put a fifth defensive lineman on the field. Or if he can't cover, maybe you put a third safety on the field or you're playing your nickel corner in that spot more often, right? Like there are a ton of ways to be like, our third linebacker kind of stinks. Like we can compensate. We can compensate with other positions. 
Right. Right. If, even if like the backup linebackers playing behind that guy aren't any good. So you can, you can get creative there. So yeah, like to your point about like how much does it matter? It doesn't matter a whole lot, but you would love that third linebacker to be good more so more so than like playing Sam than like, all right, what if Drake Greenlaw gets hurt again? Yes. Right. Or what if Fred Warner, you know, what if something happens to him in in, a, right. in any given game? So like that to me is a is a better reason to have a good third linebacker than like, oh, we need to be really good in our four three base looks that we'll get, you know, 15 snaps a game, maybe. Yeah. Um in terms of like what it's gonna look like, I mean, to me, like I don't know. Maybe D winners is good. I think D winners is probably going to be more of a special teams guy. I know Mm -hmm. we've mentioned this before, but Scott McLuhan's um, take on Jalen Graham being like, I really love that guy. Like to me, that really stands out because McLuhan obviously like drafted Patrick Willis and was very instrumental in um, Navarro Bowman being on Trent Baalke's draft board. If you've not read Matt Barrow's, piece where he talks to Scott McLuhan about all the Niners draft picks. Go read what he said about Jalen Graham. Yeah. I walked away wondering if he's going to be the defensive rookie of the year. I don't know about that. I don't know about defensive rookie of the year, but like if he, if he took over Aziz Al Shire's spot as a Sam linebacker, that wouldn't surprise me at all. It would be peak 49ers to have a seventh round pick. Just come in and be a contributor on defense. Day one. Yeah. It just said that, that fits their their ethos. Yeah. Can I make a prediction? Yeah, sure. I think what we're going to see, unless one of Jalen Graham or D. Winters or whoever it is, Marcelino McCrary Ball, really just flashes and is needs to be on the field sometimes. I wouldn't be surprised if that's where Jair Brown comes in, where maybe they move Hufanga down into the box as like a de facto third linebacker in certain spots and put Jair Brown as a third safety. That's what I think might wind up happening unless a a linebacker, a third linebacker really shines in camp. My Jair Brown take is that he should probably just start. Okay. Then make Tayshawn Gibson the third safety, man. I don't care. (laughs) I'm not disagreeing with you at all. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever, dude. Fine. (laughs) Oh, why the podcast stop? Oh, you know, three safety looks. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, like when I think about Oren Burks and Demetrius Flanagan fouls, I think of those guys being on the roster more for special teams. Sure. Right. Like I think, Same. I think Jalen Graham and D winners were brought in to be like, all right, these guys might be able to like contribute on defense relatively early in their careers, even though they are later round picks. Well, those guys played a lot of football in college. Yeah, and Oren Burks was like athletically fits what you want from a from a modern linebacker, but it hasn't a gotten a ton of opportunities, and b the opportunities he has gotten on defense it hasn't been awesome. Same right. thing with Demetrius Flanagan Fouts. He's gotten several opportunities with the Niners. Converted safety, he's put together for for an undrafted converted safety out of the University of Arizona, put together a really nice little career here. But there's been nothing when he's played over the last two or three years that makes me go, Oh, that's a future starter for them. Right. So I'm, I'm with you on, on those two guys. I think if, if they're on the team, they're, they're primarily on, on special teams. And both those guys are sort of like, like we talk about the importance of like lighter sort of coverage type linebackers. Mm -hmm. Right. 
Like if we think about what Aziz Alshire was, he was much more of like the big physical thumping strong side linebacker. Mm -hmm. And I don't really think Burks or Flanagan Fowles are those types of players. So that's another reason why it wouldn't surprise me at all if Jalen Graham sort of inserted himself into that role. Jalen Graham pretty rocked up. (laughs) But Jalen Graham also is a guy who played defensive back in high school and even early Mm -hmm. at Purdue. Um, so he does have some of those coverage skills that you would want, but he's just a, he's bigger and a little bit more physical. Yeah. Um, so I think. Yeah, like if if I were to make a prediction or like or maybe like a bold if we had to do bold predictions from the rookie class, it's a good pot idea. We should do that. Bold, bold predictions for the 49ers rookie class. One of them would be Jalen Graham wins the starting um, starting Sam job, if that's even a starting job, just wins the Sam job. Yeah. Yeah, that's what that's what and that's what's been weird to write about is is that technically a starting job that's open or is that just a job that's open? They do start in base a lot. Okay. Like a lot of their games, if you go back and look at the starting lineups, like Aziz Alshire did get a number of starts um in three linebacker sets. I know this because our, our guy Nick Wagner, and this is filling the quota for his <laughs> his his Thank shout you. out in every episode, tweets out when I sit next to him at games tweets out the starting lineups and mm. Aziz is, is prominently in there or was Aziz Alshire to your point uh, last season, 2022, he played 12 games, started nine of them. Yeah. And I think so, a couple of those were maybe Greenlaw was out with an injury too. That was the 13 starts he had in 2021. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, they keep what four, four or five on the on the 53 i have them keeping five so if i'm in gonna my make, in my most recent 53 man roster prediction if we're doing this on tuesday afternoon july 18th fred warner mm-hmm. dre greenlaw i would say mm-hmm. Warren burks for special teams mm-hmm and then I'm going to give it to the two draft picks, D. Winters and Jalen Graham. I had Marcelino McCrary ball and Jalen Graham. Oh, wow. Just out on D. Winters, huh? Yeah. Just for now. I got to say, hey, wow. D just you know, I'm face. making no hard judgments until the bads come up. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's well done. That's exactly how that bit needs to be played. <laughs> No, I just there was something about McCrary ball last year, and this is I'm not doing a bit. Is so is out of Indiana, played some safety, played some linebacker there, and just he does all the things that the 49ers like at linebacker. He's good in coverage. He's a little bit undersized, but he's a really good athlete. And it wouldn't shock me if he's the guy that they see. If D. Winters doesn't pan out, if they look at McCrary Ball as a potential Dre Green Law replacement after 24. Don't all of the Niners, and this isn't analysis, but don't all of the Niners guys that we're talking about at linebackers sound like they have linebacker names? Really strong group of linebacker names, yeah. Even even Curtis Robinson. If you're sure. gonna have a if you're gonna have a generic name, Curtis Robinson is a, is a really strong linebacker name to have. I would say Dre Greenlaw, Fred Warner, Oren Burks, D. Winters, and Jalen Graham, and even Marcelino McCrary Ball, all just elite linebacker names. I agree. Like, if you were to just name, like, 
oh, what position does Fred Warner play? Just to a a, a noob who who's completely unfamiliar. You know, like sound fielder. <laughs> no. Fred Warner sounds like a linebacker. Like that. I agree. That... Yeah. Yeah. We agree there. Okay. Sounds the best, looks the best. <laughs> he's man, he's probably gonna listen to this episode and be like, my guys. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, wow, they're really gassing me up. This is great. Yeah. Wouldn't that be fun? Hey, can you give us can you give us 150 words on on why Fred Warner's the best linebacker in the game? Yeah, I got you. <laughs> Ever since he switched to number 54 and grew out his hair. Fred Warner's dominated. Yeah. Analysis. I don't have much else to say on the linebackers. The it's it's of the of the question marks if you're prioritizing how big of a deal they are. Obviously the quarterback situation is number one. What are they we talked about the question marks on the offensive line in our offensive line episode? I think that's probably number two. Defensive end opposite Nick Bosa. What does that look like? The third linebacker spot is maybe like consequentially not enormous, but I genuinely, any of the names on the roster, I would believe you if you told me they were the third linebacker. And yeah. so it's interesting. It's if you're going to pick a spot on the Niners roster to, to follow in training camp, like that's one for me. Yeah. And I think too, I should point out that like D winters is probably more of like a natural will, like weak side, like fast type, like Dre Greenlaw type. Than, yeah, like, I think Sam John Lynch invoked Dre Greenlaw's name and uh, post draft. Yeah. So like the reason why, like I give, I would give the nod to Jalen Graham as like the Aziz Alshire replacement is that Graham is probably more of that bigger, like physical, like run stopper that you would want there, where D winners is probably more like a a Dre Greenlaw backup type, like not someone you're going to put on the strong side of the of the defense to you know stop the run as much as uh, as much as Aziz Alshire did. So that's, I mean, D winners obviously drafted ahead of Jalen Graham, so people would be like, wait, why wouldn't he be the the leading like more of a leader for the Sam spot? It's just a stylistic thing, I think. Sure. Yeah, makes sense. Hand in his pants. That's what we're saying in his ass. <laughs> Anyways, I have nothing else to say about the 49ers linebackers. Me neither. Great. We have one more position preview to do, and that'll be early next week. We will look at the defensive backs just kind of as a whole. And then the 49ers report for training camp on Tuesday, July 25th. Their, pers- their first practice is wednesday july 26th and we will have some training camp news and notes for you can't wait to actually talk about real football it's gonna be super fun thanks everybody for listening subscribe rate review if you've not done that shout out to our guy tyler who does a ton of work behind the scenes making this podcast sound good we appreciate him as always and shout out to our guys over at lamb chops sglambchops.com follow follow them on instagram at sglambchops new gear over there Use promo code CANDLESTICK20 for 20% off today, and we will talk to you next time.